Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akidinol, founder of Leading Australian Podcast Agency and 2021 Australian Podcast Awards finalists, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer to peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way, pursue your passion, and why there's really nothing better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Have you always known you wanted to change the world, peers? For today's guest, it was through combining his passion for numbers with experiencing air pollution in New Delhi, India, that sparked his greatest achievement yet. In this episode, we hear from Vic Chowdhury, the founder, CTO, and COO of Buzz Solutions, Inc., a company that's safeguarding the world's energy infrastructure by providing artificial intelligence, actionable insights, and predictive analytics for fault detections and inspections of power lines. Wowza, now that's a mouthful. In today's episode, Vic shares how his idea is revolutionising the built environment, why clean energy is the future, and how to change the world through entrepreneurship. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, firstly, welcome. And please do take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us in our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Vic. Vic. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, I'm very excited to be part of it. Thank you. Of course. You know, you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the incredible work you're doing in AI and energy sector, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no problem. Would love to share my journey uh, with with the listeners and, and yeah, excited to be here. Awesome. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Sure. Yeah. So I'm Vic Chaudhary. Um, I'm a co-founder and COO and CTO at a company called Buzz Solutions. I come from a background which involves a lot of engineering on clean tech, um, energy engineering, but also using AI and data science and, and machine learning for that sector. So working in that field. And then I am a, a graduate from Stanford University. I did my master's over there. And that's where I met my co-founder and we decided to launch Buzz Solutions uh, from. So that was in 2017. And a little bit about what we do at Buzz Solutions is, is kind of exciting because it's it's a real problem that we're trying to tackle and, and solve, uh, which is to prevent uh, power outages and, and wildfires uh, using AI and machine learning technologies and help power utilities and power companies inspect their power lines in a much better and efficient manner. Ah, solving the biggest problems, Vic. It's so cool. And I cannot wait to dive deeper into the business and kind of your entrepreneurial journey. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, where did you grow up? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Yeah, certainly. So I grew up in New Delhi, India. Uh, That's where I did my undergrad. I graduated from uh, uh, Delhi Technological University over there. Um, My undergrad was in civil and environmental engineering. So growing up, I was, you know, always fascinated with engineering achievements and and technologies that are, you know, revolutionizing and changing the world. So it was obviously I wanted to get into engineering. And then even going into that, I wanted to get into, uh, you know, that the engineering that is kind of changing the world. So environmental engineering energy engineering, uh, kind of revolutionizing uh, our, our built environment. So during my undergrad, I, I got involved in a in a project. And that, that leads to why I decided to go the energy route is, is I got involved in a project where we built a drone from scratch and flew that drone in, in the city of New Delhi just to monitor the air pollution uh, over there. And, and it was it was really bad. We were, you know, we were collecting data uh, with that drone and it was you know, the AQI was over 400. It was comparable to smoking 60 cigarettes at the same time. It was it was really bad. And that's when I decided, you know, I need to get into a field where, which is to enable clean energy technologies uh, so that we can tackle, you know, problems like climate change, global warming, but also pollution that is happening in society. So, yeah, that was my journey. And then I came over here to uh, California, United States, uh, to pursue my grad school at Stanford University. So, so interesting. You know, it's, it's funny. I did a little stint in, in Shanghai several years ago as a university there for a bit. And it was a similar thing. I mean, I love China and I, it's, it's so much fun. And I literally, you know, I could speak on how much I love it for days, but it's that pollution that obviously, you know, coming from a first world country and kind of, you know, going, you know, to, to a place where they're just, the, the air feels heavy and I remember just like being at school and like even leaving the class and you just kind of want a bit of fresh air but you'd be like hit with all this like smoke and like you know it, it's it's just it's funny though and I realize how privileged and lucky we are in certain parts of the western world to kind of live in cities where the fog isn't kind of your every day. I find it fascinating that you grew up in a city like Delhi. You know, what did your parents do? And, you know, did, did that have any influence on kind of your decision to kind of go down the route that you went down or just how you grew up really? Yeah, I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, yeah, certainly. So, I mean, I grew up in a very, you know, middle class family. Uh, my mother was working for the government, so in the income tax department for the IRS, and then my my father was in the. They both come from the sports background, so I I grew up in a very, you know, athletic or sporty kind of family. But um, I decided early on that, uh, you know, I don't come from an engineering uh, family, so I wanted to be part of. You know, I was always fascinated with technology and and what. Uh, you know, you can achieve with the positive impacts of technology. And I wanted to be part of that. So, you know, ever since uh, early childhood, I was involved in technology clubs. We were building, you know, electronic circuits and just having fun hacking it out. Uh, but then I decided to pursue that as a field because I wanted to make a positive change in society. And and as as I grew in into my career, um, I got to realize that, uh, you know, companies and startups are becoming the wheels of that innovation uh, and bringing that innovation in, in society, and they are these engines that that make make it happen. So I wanted to start my own venture, start my own business, and and bring that change through that because I wanted to accelerate change with, with that kind of endeavor. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to also come to California, Silicon Valley, Stanford University, because there is just so much entrepreneurial spirit over there. Even though we have multiple hubs around the world where which are you know, quote unquote, uh, Silicon Valley, but that spirit is still there at Stanford University where you go in and you you see that passion in, in everyone that they want to change the world in their own way possible. So yeah, that, that was with that engineering background and then going into an entrepreneurial line of work was something that always fascinated me. I always find it interesting when kind of we reflect on our parents and how they've influenced us and what they did influenced us. And for you, it seems with them coming kind of from a working background, you know, obviously super sporty family, but they weren't in business themselves or anything like that. What did they drill into you at a young age? Was it, you know, just go off and work for a big company and like, you'll be fine. Or was it like do more that we could have done? Like what was that kind of relationship with your parents like? And what did they kind of drill into you that perhaps you maybe even didn't agree with and had to kind of go the other way. Yeah, I think from the start, they were very, you know, open about do what you want to do and pursue that with the highest degree of passion and ambition. So I think that the early traits that that kind of got instilled in me were that that grit, hustle, passion and ambition. And those are really relevant in, as you know, in today's world. And they kind of stuck and propelled me towards what I'm doing currently is, is if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you should change your line of work. So that's what I think. But um, I think that was instilled early on from my parents. And that comes from that sporty kind of background. Also, they were sports people. And then uh, they're always competitive in that in that area. And it's kind of in your subconscious that, you know, you're competitive, but in a healthy way. I love how it was in a healthy way. I think <laughs> sometimes it can go the other way, but I'm so glad that for you it wasn't. You know, for our peers out there listening who were just like, oh, he's so lucky. You know, he knew what he wanted to do at such an early age. He figured it out. And then he had these such supportive parents and, you know, then he went to the US and it was glorious, you know. For our peers out there listening who were just struggling with trying to figure out what they want to do, you know, whether it's pursuing a business venture, what is it that we're actually passionate about? That's the question I asked myself for so many years prior to starting kind of the journey that I'm on, you know, and it can be really intimidating, especially for us kind of natural high achievers. Like when we don't know what we're passionate about, it's almost like, why? How, how do I do this? You know, what would you say to our peers out there listening who just really feel stuck right now and they just don't know 
how to figure out who they are, what they want to do. Right. So I would say I'm still, you know, figuring myself out. It's it's a constant journey and it's a path that you choose. And I, I believe that there's no wrong decision. There's always just a decision and it leads you to a certain, you know, consequence or, or result. And that's totally fine. There's no right or wrong or whether you, you learn uh, from any kind of decision you make. So I would say, I mean, I was also lost when, you know, in my undergrad, I didn't know what to do. I knew I wanted to do something that would bring a positive change in society, but I didn't know what. So it has been a journey. And I, I believe every year people change and they, they learn a lot of things. I mean, from my personal background now, I mean, I started DJing, which is like totally off topic. I started DJing a year and a half ago during COVID. And now that is my side hobby. So I would say keep hustling, keep figuring yourself out, keep learning new things and just going with that. And then that passion would come. If you're passionate about something, you will feel about that and you would want to learn more and get into it more. Such great advice. I want to talk a bit more about side hustles and, you know, side hustles to your main hustle, whatever it may be. I think, you know, there's this culture that we have right now that's very much so, oh, well, what's your side hustle? It's always almost like the second question that you ask someone after like, what's your day job? You know, for you and Buzz Solutions, like I want to talk a little bit more around when you got to Stanford and then I think it was straight out of college, you started out as a data scientist, but then you also started your business at the same time. So I'm guessing it was a side hustle. You know, can you talk to us a little bit about how you found that time? And I guess, you know, for our peers out there listening who want to get started perhaps on a side hustle, but they just don't know if they're going to have the time, the energy and whatnot, what would you say to us? Yeah, definitely. I think I did my side hustle, which was my startup was a side hustle. After I graduated from Stanford, I uh, worked for a few years as a data scientist and machine learning engineer at Cisco. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was also working, pursuing my startup at the same time as a side hustle. And I know a lot of colleagues of mine who were from Stanford also, they, they were also just learning through that. I wanted to gain a lot of experience in industry and, uh, you know, make connections, network with those people in the technology industry. And that's why I wanted to, you know, work for a company like Cisco. But in terms of, you know, working kind of on your main hustle and then your side hustle, it's, it's always challenging. You have to do, a lot of time management and a lot of times you will honestly feel like, oh, I just want to, you know, give up the side hustle and just, you know, continue this. But the, it, it is always peaks and valleys, but I think um, the right mentality is the key and perseverance. I think if you if you really believe in what you're building in your side hustle, I think that will propel you to keep on going. Uh, for me, it was the case that you know, I, Buzz Solutions came out of a technology or research I was doing at Stanford. So I was like dedicated to that for the two years. And then I wanted to pursue that as a business. Um, so that kept me going. Also having a healthy network of friends, uh, family, peers, colleagues support you and kind of propel you or motivate you is, is also very important. So uh, having that as, as, a, as, a, as a background uh, and motivation is, is really important. I had my co-founder, I had my friends who said that, yeah, this is great. You should keep doing this. But I also wanted to get experience so that I can use that industry experience and apply that to my startup. And once we reached a certain stage of, you know, growth, uh, then I decided that, hey, I want to transition fully towards my side hustle and make that my main hustle and kind of lead it towards something that is very, you know, very acceptable, but something that is very successful too. I love that. And I think 
I want to talk about what the time was because people often say, oh, you know, how long do I have to do this side hustle thing before I dive into my main or whatever it is? Like, you know, for you, what was that period? You said you were a data scientist for a couple of years. How long was that time? And at what point did you just feel like, was the business absolutely taking off or were you just like, no, I'm ready to make it take off? You know, what was that transition like? Yeah, so I worked at uh, you know my uh, previous job for two and a half years while doing my my side hustle. So it depends from person to person, if you ask me. So I mean, those were very long two and a half years of you know doing uh, basically two jobs, and um, you know I would make time at at night or when I'm commuting back from work. So I would do my nine to five and then make time to work on my side hustle after that. So it it is a lot of work, but I mean, as I said, if you believe in it, um, that will make you you know work on it. Um, so I, I would say, you know, two and a half years. And then what led to it was we were starting to see a lot of, you know, traction from customers. A lot of customers were coming to us and asking us, Hey, can we use this? And I think that was the time that we decided, okay, we need to go out and get some venture money, uh, some investment from venture capitalists, some uh, investment from, you know, angels and take this to the next level. And that's when we raised our seed round of funding. And then uh, decided, okay, let's you know transition it to a full full time thing for myself. Uh, my co founder was already full time on it, so yeah. So so interesting. You know, I want to circle back a little bit to the transition from India to the US. You know, you said that you had this goal, this dream to go study at Stanford, be in Silicon Valley, you know, where it all is, where it's all happening. I feel like often when we do those big moves, I often feel like our image of what it's going to be like sometimes doesn't match up to the reality. And there are a lot more struggles and challenges that we face. What were some of those early struggles and challenges we faced when you landed in the US? You know, did you feel a sense of other at all? That's definitely something I felt before. And how did you navigate through that? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, any kind of move you make or any change you make in in your life or your current, uh, you know, way of living, there's always challenges associated with that. But I think there's learnings also. You you just you know learn from your mistakes and you go on to make other mistakes, and which is great. Uh, so so when I moved from India to United States, I mean, it was obviously a, a culture shock as well. Uh, learning new things, um, learning the way of life over here, learning to communicate with your peers, learning to network. Uh, branch out, be open to ideas, and also be able to share ideas to to your peers and colleagues and uh, even your mentors. So challenges in that regard, being open and confident in terms of what you are thinking, putting forward your ideas, and honestly getting to you know get getting opinion from everyone else, even if it's uh, uh, it's not a good idea. You you just get a lot of insights from people that have gone through that you know uh, path. And even after Stanford, uh, you know, we had a lot of challenges when we were trying to scale our, our startup. We, we got a lot of rejections. I believe we talked to around 100 venture capitalists, 100 venture firms uh, for investment. There were there were a lot of rejections. And that's part of the journey because then you realize, you know, who is uh, the right fit for you? And and you have to go through that, uh, you know, thorny path to understand, you know, who is actually going to support you. And that's really fine. So challenges in that regard. And um, honestly, as as you grow a company also, so I'm taking a company as an example, but that applies personal life as well. As you grow and you grow as a company or you grow personally, there'll be new sets of challenges coming forward towards you. But I think that's significant because if you're not 
facing those, then you're not really kind of learning or growing in that uh, in that regard. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that's that's exciting, but also uh, trying to figure out how to navigate through them and and learn from them is is the key. I couldn't agree more. How can we get better at being more confident and openly expressing our ideas that you mentioned? Yeah, I think. From my experience, I mean, when I moved over here from a different country, I definitely faced, uh, you know, a lot of uh, situations where I was not confident and I was shy to put forward my ideas or what I'm thinking in front of people. Even in in my classes, I would be shy about that because I didn't know how people would take it. So I think talking to people, even one-on-one or in a group, and then slowly transitioning to like even public speaking is the key. It's the practice. So the more you apply it to your life, the more confident you become. Uh, that was my experience. So talk first, starting one-on-one and discussing ideas one-on-one with even your friends or your peers is a good way. Then in a friendly group, you can do that. And then you can join clubs or which have similar kind of, you know, interests, whether it's, you know, let's say kayaking or or even DJing and you, you're just uh, interacting with with people and uh you know sharing ideas and and what you're working on i think that builds a lot of confidence and finally when you feel that okay i can give a talk about this topic uh you can get in front of a crowd of let's say 50 100 people and then talk about a topic that you have been talking to you know your peers or doing your research on and just uh giving a public speaking talk and that's the key i mean that that is the highest degree of confidence you can have talking to a crowd of 100 people and telling them your idea and then uh, making them understand what what this means is is the highest degree of confidence you can uh, achieve. So I try to imbibe that in my life, whether it's, you know, uh, for my startup, for my personal life, and even for my for my DJing, um, it, it's always getting it out, trial and error. You'll make mistakes, but you learn from them. I love how you went from struggling to speak up in class at Stanford to becoming a DJ. I mean, you know, I feel like it's only a space of a couple of years. I think it just shows us that like, you know, even if it is so tough at the beginning, you're so shy and it's just like, oh my goodness, will people accept me? These are the questions I always, whenever I would, you know, if I was studying overseas or if I was trying to do a podcast or whatever it is, it's, are people going to accept my ideas? You know, like I think it's almost that kind of imposter syndrome that we face where it's like, oh, is it good enough? I don't know. You know, for our peers out there listening who just really feel just like they're dealing with imposter syndrome on the daily and it's not going away and they keep trying to speak up, but it's just not working. What would you say to us? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I feel that all the time as well as, as you know, just everyone. Um, but sometimes I think trial and error is, is required in life and in, in various like aspects of life, whether it's your professional life or personal life, you, you need to have some, some trial and error, you'll make mistakes, but you learn from them. So just letting it out, talking to a close friend about something, whether it's your personal life or professional life, and getting a feedback on that. Um, just getting a third person's uh, perspective, because a lot of times we are very tunnel visioned and and we and that feedback loop or feedback mechanism. And I take the example of of machine learning and AI is, is you know, if you train the AI to do a certain task and you don't provide it feedback enough, it will be very biased and you don't want biased systems in life. You want unbiased systems and that feedback loop comes in handy. So uh, yeah, it's always great to talk to, you know, even if you can talk to your parents and your family or your close friends and get that 
grounding and that unbiasedness in your life and then go out and face the challenges. Oh, I loved that analogy. I think that's just so, so true. Amazing, Vic. Look, I want to dive a bit deeper into the growth of the business or, you know, from those early challenges, speaking to over a hundred VCs, not getting that answer to kind of through to where you are today. So, you know, for you guys, post getting VC, what did that time look like for you? And for you personally, that transition from employee to employer, how did you manage that? I feel like it is a wildly different scenario that you kind of go through. What was that like for you? Yeah, to be honest, uh, it was a big challenge, a lot of headaches, a lot of questioning things every day that why am I even doing this? Because going, taking that transition, when when you're an employee, you have your challenges, uh, which is like you have to deliver. Uh, but when you become an employer or a manager, that that magnifies a lot because you will be asked the first if if things don't go the right way. So that was a challenge. I mean, that's something that keeps me up at night is if we don't deliver, not only am I letting the company down, but I'm letting the people who are who I'm working with my team members down as well. That's something that you need to kind of ground yourself in and realize that this will always be part of your life. But what you can do is you can uh, mitigate the challenges or or the issues that come with it and then the consequences. So working hard, uh, working smartly, uh, getting that feedback from people, getting insights from people based on their experiences is, is really relevant. And then going from that employer to employee is always a really big jump. I've seen even my colleagues who go from being, you know, the employee and then going up to the to the executive or VP or even manager level. Uh, there's a different set of challenges. Getting to do much more time management, efficient time management is the key. Getting to understand how people work is another big aspect of it. And then delegation is another big aspect, which is in today's world, if you can delegate smartly, even if you're jack of all trades and not you know, an expert in one field, that, that delegation is something that needs to be there for someone who's managing. A manager should never or a leader should never be an expert in any field, but more more like they should take advice from experts in different fields and delegate accordingly. And that's that's what you see with, you know, a lot of successful companies and visionaries and leaders that one great trait of a leader is to not be an expert in a field, but take advice from the experts and be receptive to it. I love that you pinpoint that. And it's something that I personally resonate with so much. I think, you know, sometimes though, as new founders and those of us who want to start out budding entrepreneurs, we often feel like we need to be the opposite. We need to know absolutely everything back to front, inside out and be an expert in marketing, finance, um, you know, the actual product creation, whatever it is. And I think that's also where the imposter syndrome starts to come in, at least for myself. That's what I've experienced. You know, I love that you distinguish the fact that a leader isn't that. At what moment did that click for you? Yeah, I would say, you know, I had the same mentality when I was working in my previous job. I wanted to be a leader in, you know, machine learning, data data science, AI, or engineering. I wanted to just uh, be an expert in in that field. But when I decided to transition and, and come to my startup and lead things, I, I realized, and that's when I realized that things won't work well if you are trying to be expert in that. Rather hire experts and work with them as a team so that you don't allocate all your resources, all your mental power into one direction. I think you, uh, being a multi-directional person or a leader is, is uh, really important. 
understanding various facets of a startup or different aspects of a startup or even adaptability is is another great kind of trait over there so yeah but while i was doing it slowly i started to realize that yeah this is this is something to kind of imbibe and and receive from from the other experts that are joining our our team i love that Oh my goodness, this entrepreneurial journey, we talk for so many it's aspects. One. It's a great one. It's a tough one. It it's is a, a tough, tough one. one. Sure. <laughs> As we come to the close, I've got a couple of final questions for you. And the first one is, what has been your greatest failure and win to date? Yeah, so, hmm. I mean, I've had so many failures, uh, honestly. I mean, that's that's a great thing. Uh, I'm not embarrassed of them. So, I mean, early on uh, in my undergrad, didn't got into the, you know, the top university I wanted to get into, worked so hard for it, didn't get into it. And that's that's fine. I realized later on that, it, you know, so sometimes there's a certain path that you need to follow and you, you, what whatever path you take and you take the learnings from those failures and, uh, you know, utilize that. So there was that first one. And then, uh, you know, going ahead in, in terms of just coming to the United States and, and working on my startup, we've had so many failures, you know, again, talking to 100 VCs and facing so many rejection. Every rejection was a failure in itself and was like a bullet to you. <laughs> uh, so, it, but but we did learn a lot. I mean, we were, uh, you know, two kids coming out of Stanford University trying to change an industry which has been doing certain things for you know, 50, 100 years. Uh, uh, so that's a big kind of initiative we were taking. So we needed to be prepared for that to be hearing a lot of no's. And honestly, we still hear a lot of no's from customers to this day and investors that, hey, you, this is something that won't work. And that's that's totally fine. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, not everyone can understand what we are building, but the ones that do, they need to be on your side. So we try to do that. In in terms of successes, I would say launching the startup has been my biggest, you know, success. I I launching a business is such a great, you know, challenge. It's so tough, uh, but it's just, you know, every day you you struggle. Every day is is like you wake up and it's it's a different day. You you have to persevere. You have to adapt. You have to do all those things at once. But I think that's the journey you take. It's it's kind of. It's kind of like life, you know, you learn so much while doing running a business. It's 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 mind blowing. So I would say the biggest feat or success would be launching that. Such a huge success. I love that. So look, Vic, over the last almost five years in business, you've really gone from strength to strength. You've received a lot of recognition for your work over the years, despite all the failures and the struggles that we all face. The most recently you were featured on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. What are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, I would say the first one would be don't beat yourself up too much if you hear no. So that's, uh, you know, following up on the previous question, you will hear a lot of no's uh, but just don't beat yourself up or don't give up be- just because you're hearing no. And I know a lot of people say that and it's kind of cliched, but it is it is actually true. So I wish someone had told me that when I was 18 years old and trying to do everything, trying to, you know, <laughs> become the best thing in the world, but things won't work out the way you plan to do. And that's totally fine. The way you, you learn and the way you, you know, decide your path or your passion is 
you you'll face a lot of no's in in the journey and that's fine you you learn from them and then you recalibrate so recalibration is the key second piece of advice i wish some, someone had given me was it's uh, how adaptive you are so you need to be really adaptive to situations and you need to understand that uh, is follow up from the previous one is things won't work out the way you have planned in your head because that's your perspective but objectively that's your subjective perspective but objectively things work differently i take the analogy of being a pebble in a river flowing downstream so the pebble doesn't always flow straight line it, it just bounces around and eventually it reaches a destination but those bouncing arounds are, are really relevant in your life and adapting to those is is the key so adaptability is the one and then another really good one i i would say is a lot of people say that oh you got lucky and luck was on your side but i think hard work and smart work the more you do of that the luckier you get so i uh, i would say you know just have fun but also you know work smartly work hardly you know your objectives and goals and then on the way recalibrate accordingly so good ah uh, look vic i just want to take a moment before i ask you the final question to acknowledge you for the amazing work you've done and that you're doing showing us that you know and particularly us young ambitious millennials that if we have this vision this goal and this dream to change the world although it may not happen in the exact way that we thought it can happen and your story shows us that and so we really appreciate you thank you thank you so much of course so the final question is how we finish every episode of the peers to peers podcast and that is what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about so what i'm passionate about right now is my business and what we are doing there's a few values that just you know really gets me up in the morning and makes me want to work on it 24/7 is is first one is that we are trying to change the energy industry we're trying to solve some real world problems and the values that we're bringing uh associated with that so as you know california and even australia has a lot of wildfire problems so we're trying to prevent those with and and changing a a system of the grid or the power grid which is old it's you know our grid is 100 years old and we're trying to change that which is a great challenge in itself so so that's one thing that gets me passionate about and the the, the economic value of that trying to bring a positive change in society trying to you know help people and their lives that are getting impacted recently with so many of these challenges uh the second one is you know working with my team and you know working with the team and bringing smiles to their faces and seeing them be happy with what they're building and be passionate um and seeing that that you know spark in their eyes is another great thing that i kind of cherish and and makes me excited about where we are going uh you know getting a team to work with you and and keeping everyone happy and keeping that motivation going and support going is is another big value for me oh i love it vic you're doing so much good it is so so cool to hear and we really appreciate you thank you so much for coming on the show where can we learn more about you and buzz solutions inc yeah for sure uh people can connect with me on linkedin it's uh vikhyat chaudhry on linkedin so v i k h y a t and then chaudhry c h a u d h r y and then you can learn more about buzz solutions on buzzsolutions.co so that's b u z z solutions.co and that's our website and Uh, we also have a page on linkedin you can connect over there and happy to chat with anyone who wants to message me dm me on linkedin happy to have a conversation 
but really appreciate Michelle. Thank you so much for this opportunity for having me over here. You had amazing questions and it was great to just share my experience. I'm still learning every single day and making mistakes, but that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. You're so welcome, Vic. Thank you so much again. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. Peers.